Well, hey, welcome to California Haunts Radio. It's our Wednesday show. You can see I've gotten my problem under control of things going wrong with computers and stuff. So that's back under control. I figured out what went wrong. Tonight we got a great show for you. Um, I was I'm just going to get started because I was in Hawaii about 11 years ago, and I just loved it. Loved everything about it. Loved all the legends. Everything. And I'm really excited because I have this really great guest on tonight, and he is from he is from Hawaii, and he used to do he I don't know if he still does it, but he used to give ghost tours, and and, and legend tours on you know I think on Oahu I, I do believe. So we're going to be talking to Joe tonight. So for my American for my California people, hello. For my people in Hawaii that are watching tonight, aloha, and let's get, let's see what's up with Joe. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how's it? How's good, it? Good, good. Tell me about yourself. And I know you do your, your Hawaiian haunting thing, every, you know, what is it, every Friday night to tell mm -hmm. ghost stories. So tell me about yourself. Um, I'm native Hawaiian, born and raised Kaneohe. Always had an affinity for the spirits and telling ghost stories and going to haunted places and all that. Um, 2000, I, I, like you said, I, we did the ghost tours in 2008 for me to 2012 going to haunted places like three, four times a week, sometimes five for four years, every night, every week, you get a lot of experiences. <laughs> and that made me, after after I had left Oahu Ghosters, I started a group on Facebook called Hawaiian Hauntings, and it's been going strong ever since. We tell ghost stories, we used to go, we go out, well, not with COVID, but we tell ghost stories out of the haunted places, we do investigations, we stream Facebook Lives, uh, People share stories. We help people that ask for help. It's 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 a blast. It's right up my alley, and I love it. And how long have you been doing this stuff? My whole life, but uh, professionally, I'd say uh, <laughs> since about the ghost tours, 2008. For some reason, people seem to think if you tell ghost stories, you must also know how to bless a house and do exorcism. It's like, right. <laughs> you know, it's like, I have a ghost bothering me. You tell ghost stories. Come help me. So I've learned and grown that side as well. And it's it's been a journey. So yeah, about awesome. yeah, a while. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I was in Hawaii eleven years ago and uh on Oahu. Had a great time. Didn't do any ghost tours or anything like that. I wanted to, didn't have time. Too busy doing the touristy stuff, you know. But um I, I did I did do research on some of the stuff and it's absolutely fascinating because of the legends that are there. And if you could share some of those with people, that would be, that would be great. And then we could talk about some different things. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, where do you start? In Hawaii, we have our legends. Wow. Um, for example, we got Madame Pele, goddess of the volcano, right? We have legends that go back centuries about Madame Pele, um, how she took over the volcano, how she, you know, you know, just all of her legends and stories. But then the stories continue when you meet people. Family members, uncles, aunties, just people who lived here long enough, you know that she's real. She's not just a legend that you share like, you know, it's not mythology because your uncle picked her up a few years ago and your grandma also saw her. And you know what I mean? And the stories continue and continue and continue. And your cousin took a rock from the volcano and ended up cursed until they sent the rock back to the volcano, right? So... That's kind of how it is here. Uh, we're taught to respect everything. Because the spirits are in the rock, the tree, the land, and you don't know. We don't have that much land here. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
where you're walking, you don't know if there's somebody buried underneath. You don't know what happened there. Everywhere in Hawaii, something happened. A battle, a temple, uh, bones, or EV are buried over there, bones, you know. You you never know where you are. That's true. You know, I I, I remember um, reading about the the legends of the hotels in in Waikiki. And then the ghosts that taught some of those. The ghosts that what? And the ghosts that are in those hotels because they're, they're, oh, because yeah. they were, I don't know, yeah, because they're, cause oh, yeah. they were uh, built over the old cemeteries. So you've got oh, the choking yeah. ghosts and whatnot. Oh, yeah, well, the choking ghost is uh, is one of the commonly occurring phenomenon. They tend to happen on uh, the fire stations. Okay. And I guess. If you think about it, the fire stations were built on uh, government land, and government land, right. even in the 1800s, belonged to the elite, the king, the royal, right? That's right. how it was kind of passed on. That's also where they did all the mass burials for the plagues that came down and took thousands of lives in a month. You know, smallpox, influenza, all of this stuff. They would do all the mass burial site. In fact, most of the, some of the fire stations, I don't know about most of them, but they, they do have mass burial pits on site. You know, when they built it, when they extended, and yeah. Yeah, you got, I mean, everywhere you go, you have a mixture between the ancient, the modern. Hawaii is a vacation spot, and as such, a lot of people come on vacation as their last hurrah. You know, it's like cruise ships. A lot of people decide to go on a cruise before they take their lives. We have a lot of hotels that have been haunted from that. Um, Mm -hmm. we We have cultural ghosts that don't even belong here <laughs> but they're here we have such a mix of people around the world we got japanese chinese filipino portuguese you know we got every nationality down here and it's mixed like i'm hawaiian and we eat rice as a staple we take our shoes off before we enter. that's all japanese you know what i mean that's everything is integrated into local culture as is the ghost stories which is why people will still see the the nopera bowl the faceless lady at the in the female's bathroom a woman who has no face you know that's why they still right. see and have stories of the aswang the filipino vampire the capre you know and all of these other stories that you only find in the homeland the motherland uh-huh. is also found here almost in abundance interesting now i remember the, uh, a couple of weeks ago you were telling the story i don't i don't know where this was was it a waterfall or a lookout where you were talking about the woman that calls out to people oh yeah yeah the, that was an interesting story. Can you share that? Because that's interesting. And that, and I don't know if it did, but I can't remember if that was that story directly, but how that 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 being had left and then another being took, took its spot in, in, in the shell or how that worked. Okay, right, just tell the story about that. Hey, you're talking about the, uh, I tell so many ghost stories. This is about the, the mo'o, right? Yeah. yeah the, yes. the calling spirit. Yes, the calling spirit. Yeah, okay. This is um this is a version of this is a version of a story that was published by Glenn Grant. A little just thirty seconds about Glenn Grant. He was a gentleman who came here from California, with a degree taught at the university and fell in love with the culture and the ghost stories. Mm-hmm. So people would. He had a radio show. He had um, a shop. He had a lot of. He did tours. People would share all their stories with him. He took a, a few of them, published them in a book called The Obake Files, and that's what I grew up reading. You know, of all these stories in Hawaiian Islands, and this is from that book. This is one of the this is one of the stories from that book. There was a gentleman, Stephen, um, and he always doesn't he always changes the names, you know, for 
privacy and whatnot. So the gentleman, this gentleman, Stephen, came on his tour, and they were at Iolani Palace. Glenn Grant was speaking about calling spirits, and you know, after the tour, Stephen hedged, you know, came up and introduced himself. He's from the East Coast. He's been in Hawaii about a year or so, maybe, and he's going to the university. But he wanted to share an experience that he had had a few months ago, and so Glenn Grant's listening, and he tells him that you know. One one after one morning, about ten o'clock in the morning, he's walking down the old Pali Road. It's a little nice little hike you can do, nine hundred feet up, beautiful, gorgeous view, you know, of the windward side. So he's hiking down this old, dilapidated highway. That's you know, it goes around the mountain and twists and turns, and it's just beautiful. And he's enjoying every part of it. And as he walks down towards a ridge, he sees a person coming up around the ridge towards him. And this person is this beautiful young. Hawaiian girl right about his age and she was just dropped it gorgeous and so he kind of blushed a little bit and she was looking at him and looking at him and you know and when she passed him she uh said hi Stephen how are you doing Stephen's like how does she know my name how does she know my I never told her my name I don't even know who that is and then she stops and see that's one of the thing about calling spirit because I'll call you from behind you know never to your face always from behind and so she tells him, she's like, oh, hi, Stephen. And Stephen's playing it off like, oh, yeah, hi, hi, how, how are you doing? That awkward moment where you forget somebody's name, you know. But he then she continues talking. She's like, oh, Stephen, is this your first time down at the Pali? He's like, oh, yeah, it is. She's like, well, come then. Let me show you a place. It's going to be it's a nice, beautiful place. And he's like, oh, okay, what is it? She said, it's waterfalls. It's these beautiful waterfalls. I'm going to take you up into the valley. We can go all the way up there. We can be, you know, it's really private. And we can go ahead and swim together. And Stephen's like, oh, <laughs> I never bring a change of clothes. You know, she's like, oh, that's okay. Hint, hint, wink, wink, you know. And yeah. Stephen's like, holy cow, you know. So he's like, I'm saying he's in love already. And he's following this girl. She takes him down the old Polly Road. And she's talking to him the whole time. Their eyes are locked. Stephen finds he can't look away, but that's fine because he doesn't need to look away. She she leads him around every obstacle, every rock, you know, eyes locked. And at one point, she stumbles a little bit, looks down at her feet. And when she looks back up, her face is now transformed from this beautiful young Hawaiian girl to this old lady, this old woman in her 60s or 70s. And the woman looks at Stephen and says, Stephen, run. And then he blinks and her face is back again, this beautiful girl. And she's talking like nothing happened. And they continue walking. Stephen now is like, something's not right. But to his horror, he can't figure out, he can't, he can't control his body anymore. He's staring her in the eye as in some kind of trance. He's unable to break eye contact with her as it continued down the old Polly Road. And she continued like nothing is happening. She tells him how much she's in love with him. You know, she's in love with him and she's in the, you know, and their future and all of this beautiful stuff. And he's like, my God, something is not right. And as he walks on further now, like his feet are going without his permission. A few minutes later, the con- eye contact breaks again. And the eye contact breaks again. She looks down. He looks down at his feet. He stops walking. The spell is broken. And he notices he's standing. No, wait. Sorry. I haven't told this story. <laughs> he, he looks back up at her. And her face is gone. That old woman's face is back and says, Stephen, what are you doing? She's going to kill you. Run. He looks at his feet, stops, 
and sees a few feet in front of him is the edge of the cliff, 900-foot drop, plummet straight down. In horror, this girl continues walking backwards, and he watches her walk over the cliff, but instead of plummeting to her death, her feet vanish up to her knee, and she's floating almost like on a cloud. He doesn't bother to look back up. He turns around and runs all the way back up. The whole time he runs, he can hear the laughter in his ears, her laughing at him, saying, I'll get you next time, Steve. Wow. This is in the middle of the day, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, like, having been there, the legends are everywhere. You know, it's like, oh, like yeah. there's legends with the, with the station, the mountains, you know, there's the, the, this stuff going on. And it's just, it's absolutely fascinating to me. You know, it's, it's stuff people don't realize. You know, it's like when you go, and I was trying to explain to people, going to Hawaii, if, if you go, like, if you go all in, it's like stepping back in time in, in a lot of ways because you guys are still, do, still doing the old ways in a lot of ways, the old legends and stuff. And that's what's yeah. so intriguing about it. And one legend that you guys have, and we have something similar here because I've encountered it. I do a lot of fishing at night on the levees out here. And we have night marchers. The Native what? Americans, yeah, we have night marchers out here, and the Native Americans walk up and down the le- walk up and down the levees. And you can see you can see their their, uh, their torches. No. But it's similar, similar to what you guys have over there. But I've never heard of anybody, you know, having any horrible encounters with them or anything. Because you could just it's always from it's always from a distance, you know, where you see yeah. across the river. Yeah. No. Down here, they march through your house. They march through your yard. They come down the valley, run. They march the trails that they used to march. You know, in life, and the night marchers are a lot more deadly. <laughs> you watch, yeah. you see them, you die. You know, it's kapu to see the king, the elite, to see the chief. You cannot look mm-hmm. upon some of them. And so, in the olden days, if you were to look upon the chief, the penalty was death. That's why I was just going to ask you, aren't, yeah. aren't, you, aren't you supposed to get down, real down low, like a hog, to get down low to the ground? You prostrate yourself, you humble yourself. That's why, like, my thought is that in the old days, the king, if you even touched his shadow sometimes, you would be stealing his mana, his power, and you would be put to death. If he touches your shadow, you're dirtying his mana. So he would come out at nighttime surrounded by torches and torches going up and down. He'd make they make a lot of noise. You got the pahu drum, you got the, the conch shell, you got chanting, you know, you got a lot of people coming down. Um basically everybody get out of your house. Here is the walking living God. Pay him the respect due to him. So everybody would get out, they'd prostrate themselves, lay face down for fear of looking upon him, you know. But yeah, that's what they would do. It's said that there are other night marcher processions. There are diff- many different ones, but some of them, the chiefs do not march in. But instead of that, the very gods of old Hawaii themselves march in this procession. And it's believed during these processions, you do more than prostrate yourself. You urinate all over yourself. You strip naked, and you make yourself so dirty that the gods won't, won't want to touch you to end your life. Interesting, interesting. Now, like with like with me, you know, when I read up on all the stuff out here, I, I was out investigating. Did you go out and check in any of this stuff? Um, I don't need to. <laughs> I love to go to haunted places, but when um, I never go alone. That's the thing. Right. I I when we hear drums, no second thoughts. We're out of there. 
you know, the only time we run is when we hear drums. I believe ghosts can run faster than you. So yeah, no absolutely. run or they, like a dog, they will follow you. You know what I mean? Right. They're going right. to chase you. They go follow you. But you hear drums. It's time to leave the area, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I'm not much of a paranormal investigator in that sense. I've, uh, I've always believed already in ghosts. So I've never looked for evidence. I've always okay. liked to talk story with them and, you know, and it's great when you sit down at a haunted place and you talk with your kupuna, your elders, because I'm, I'm Hawaiian and they are Hawaiian, right. you know, and the things that they do, you know, how they manifest, how they choose to. It's just, it's magic to to watch and to witness. Can you describe some of it? Um, I can hear yeah, a lot of them. There was a time when, uh, for me, my job with the Wahoo Ghosters was telling ghost stories. That's kind of what I do now. Um, so we were at this place called Morgan's Corner, Judge Trail, middle of a pitch black forest, you know, haunted. You get out there most nights and you just feel like you're being watched. So we had a group of about 20 people, maybe 18 people. They were a high school band from the Big Island. And I remember we were up on the top where we would share our ghost stories, you know, a little clearing right by the vans, and it's pitch black. Then we then I asked whoever wanted to follow me, we can walk further down the trail, and it goes down into the ravine where it's like you can't even see your hand in front of your face. So, you know, people like being scared, right? So, eh, whatever. So we go down, but while I was telling a story, I could feel the presence of three Hawaiian warriors up with us and these hawaiian warriors they're just guardians they're just watching over enjoying the stories and i can see them all joking laughing you know talking story with each other and so we get down to the bottom and you could feel that everybody is now scared because it's dark and i tell everyone to turn off your lights turn off your phones turn off your flashlights everything and so after a few minutes everybody i managed, I managed to get everyone to stand there in the pitch black and you could just feel the raw fear. And I told them, I'm like, now there's something I want you guys to, uh, I want I would like to do with your permission. I said, you see, there are three ghosts that are near us, and I want to invite them to come and stand with us. I'm like, are you guys okay with this? They're not bad. Everyone's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You know, they were a little hesitant, but, you know, they don't want to say no when everyone else says yes kind of thing. Uh, the temperature was maybe in the lower 70s, upper 60s. It was chilly, right? And so I spoke uh, some Hawaiian, and I invited the warriors to come down and to join us. And the wind shifted. The temperature went up at least 10 degrees instantaneously. The wind stopped, and this heat, this warmness just surrounded like us. For me, it felt like there was a blanket wrapped around us, like I was perfectly safe. And so I gave it a couple of minutes and I asked the group, I'm like, how do you guys feel now? You guys still feel afraid? They're like, no. I'm like, you do know that there's ghosts around you right now. They're like, yeah. And I asked them, where would the ghosts be? And all of them said behind us. That's where I saw the three ghosts, these three eight foot tall men with spears, you know, and none of them were afraid because these warriors were meant to protect. Yeah. That's, that's one of the coolest experiences I had. I had. And then afterwards, we said mahalo. You know, I said mahalo to the warriors. Right. And then it slowly turned back into what it was before. Well, that's interesting that you mentioned drums because I did a residential out in Marysville one time out here. And 
this woman uh, was Native, she had Native American blood. And this thing that happened in this house was that the, the, I guess this this ghost, the, the, the ghost that was 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 playing around. I say playing around to be nice about it with, with her kids. Um, he had a history, you know, through our research and everything. This guy had a history of, of molesting kids. And um, I was wait, the ghost? Like, yeah. Oh. The ghost, and in life, he, he had been a child molester. And so the goal was to get him out of there. Trish, uh, one of my psychics who lives Native American, thank God, was there with me. We were in the garage. And it was the day, it was it had to be like 110 outside. There was no breeze, nothing. And as Trish started to do her uh, cleansing, I had I had the headphones on because I was recording it. And you could actually hear the, hear the wind through the headphones. And there was no wind outside. Oh, wow. Just this wind came. And then after a while, I heard drums. Hmm. And so I mentioned it to her, and she says, oh, no. She says, no, no, it's, it's, it's the ancestors. They're, they're coming to get him. And what she saw in her mind was she actually saw them take him and tie him, hog tie him, like, to a horse. <laughs> and drag him off. But Like they would. Yeah, it's just funny that, yeah. you know, that, that, that you mentioned drums because I experienced that. But you know what's funny is the recorder didn't pick the, pick the sounds up at all, even though I could hear it. <laughs> so I, I noticed that. that. I notice that happens a lot. We have full-on growling that all of us jump, and the recorder doesn't record nothing. Yeah. You ever yeah. you ever notice you ever notice like this like um I've done EVPs before, where you can hear all the background noise, all the you know what I mean. But then when the thing happens, it's simply a void yeah. of nothing. It's no yeah. no background noise, no nothing. Yeah. It's just a yeah. simple yeah. void, like it was muted on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that all the time, man. We're out. I'm so fascinated with, with your stories. I mean, I, I'm one of your biggest fans. If I don't oh, listen to you, you Friday night, I listen to you Saturday. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm forever listening to you. But um, I guess I just love these stories, and I love the stories of Pele and people picking her up in the car. You know, and they look, in the, you know, on, on the side of the road, the tourists, or, oh, yeah. or, or the thing with the ham. You know, where, 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 where you don't mm -hmm. want to drive to a certain spot, they have ham in the car, yeah. and stuff like that. People. People don't like people don't realize. I don't want to say hokey because that's not the word for it. But people don't realize how serious you guys are about your about the about your ancestors and stuff over there. Yeah, I mean, people can come over here and call it hokey, and then they probably won't after. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, seriously. Um, tell us about Pele because you, you mentioned Pele earlier, and Pele likes to hit, hitch rides with people, kind of like our our ladies in white that get in cars with people at cemeteries. Oh yeah, she's the. Well, let me throw in a little bit about the um, just that whole phenomenon. Glenn Grant wrote a lot about it, and it's really fascinating. Um, in Hawaii, it's a little bit different. Now, you got uh, you got Madame Pele. You drive it down the road in the middle of nowhere. You see this old Hawaiian tutu, this old Hawaiian lady in her white mumu, white dress. You know, and she. You know, what do you do if you see an old auntie walking down the road at nighttime? in the middle of nowhere you got to pick her up right right but now you know i mean i think that'll be a great halloween prank to sever an old lady to dress up in a white moo and walk down the high highway but people are scared now when they see that you know but yeah. the thing is if you if you pick her up you will get good luck you're taking care of auntie you're taking care of pele and she will realize that but if you don't pick her up 
something bad may happen or she'll disappear in the back of your car anyway. So it's nice to make the gesture. Now it gets a little tricky because then we have the ghosts that hitchhike without a face. Okay. I have, I personally have run into that. I've encountered that one years ago. Um, you don't want to pick her up or you get bad luck. And then you have a ghost. Actually, I don't know, you watch the show Supernatural. Right. Yeah. The first episode that really got me watching it. Now, I know it's like girls love it. And I, I really love that show. The first episode, they mentioned Hawaii with the vanishing hitchhiker. And they went so far in depth, I was impressed by the research that they did. Uh, we have one case. If you see a hitchhiker over at Makapu'u by the lighthouse, over on the south shore, you know, you don't tell your wife. (laughs) Because she was a woman who died while her husband was having an affair. And she was going to go, she dressed up in her wedding, her her wedding dress. And, you know, I would just tell you, this is another one of Glenn Grant's stories, right? So he moved in, he married this beautiful woman, and they took care of the lighthouse. And soon it got boring, so he would let her take care of the lighthouse, and he'd go downtown and drink and party every night. And so he was having affair after affair after an affair on her, and she knew it. One day, she decided to get all dressed up, makeup, wedding dress, and show him what he's missing. And so as she's driving the truck up the road over to town, she gets into a horrible accident. The car flips. Luckily, it doesn't fall off the cliffs. But when the ambulance gets there, she has, like, road rash. She was dragged on the road. Her whole face is torn up. And the last thing she says before she dies is, tell Tom I'm coming. Wow. And so people have seen her. Their car will break down, and she'd be this torn-up bride would be standing behind them. But she only appears to men who are unfaithful to their wives. And she'll be looking for Tom. She'll be saying, Tom, is that you? Tom, is that you? You know, so you don't tell your wife if you see the vanishing hitchhiker. <laughs> <laughs> so, doing these ghost tours like you have over the years, has anybody had any um, encounters while you were out? Oh yeah, many, many, many times. Yes, <laughs> it's always interesting seeing that happen. You know, especially if they're going to go out, they're not believers. <laughs> And you try and prepare them for it. You know what I mean? You try and prepare them because you go into places that are battlegrounds. You know, you go into places where people died and they're still fighting. You go into temples where there's over 80,000 people buried in the ground you're walking on. You know, you go into places where bad things happen. Human sacrifice, this kind of stuff. There's going to be ghosts. There's going to be a lot of history. And there's going to, you know what I mean? Right. Um. And I'm glad to say most people respect it, but sometimes people don't, you know. And they end up with Pelikia problems, you know, that kind of stuff. What's Peliki? Huh? What is Peliki? Pelikia problems. Yeah, Pelikia. What is that? Yeah. Problems, trouble. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, they end up with Smokai and Pelikia. Nice area language. <laughs> yeah, no well, I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying, like I said, no, yeah, no, you, no, no. It's a, it's a, you go back, you go back in the It's just like going back in another country with an old thing, which is cool. That's what makes it. That's what makes it cool, though. That's what makes Hawaii so cool. Um, do you feel a lot of, like, like you say, you know, you've, you've known about this stuff all your life. 
do you think there's a lot of I mean obviously there's a lot of energy on the islands. <laughs> do you feel that energy when you're out walking around and stuff? Oh yeah. I I kind of see like <clears throat> people love Hawaii. People come to Hawaii and they feel like they found home. They feel like this is the place they belong. Now, truth be told, the view, the beauty, it's great. The ocean is great, but you can go to similar places that are identical. Yeah, you can go to Tahiti, you can go to any any Polynesian tropical island, the Caribbean, and everything is identical. But Hawaii has what you what what makes Hawaii so beautiful that people don't really connect with, right? When they're doing a hike and you're seeing this great view, you're not just seeing this great view, but you're feeling the mana. You're, you're feeling the energy. You're feeling what is Hawaii and the spirits, and you're seeing this view. And that's the part that makes people connect back to their, you know, their original self, their spirit self. And that's what makes people feel like they're home. Do you think that the ancestors are okay with all these people coming to the island? Um, <laughs> they, Not all of them, I guess. <laughs> well, I know the royalty, the old Hawaiian royalty, the Kamehameha, the dynasty. They were more than welcome, and they were they welcomed with open arms people people coming here. But people coming here is not the problem so much as people trying to bring their impose their values upon us. Okay. You know, I love Hawaii. You hear all the time. I love Hawaii so much. But I wish it was kind of like home. So let's make it like, uh, you know, Las Vegas. <laughs> but yeah. then it's like you're leaving Las Vegas because you never like Las Vegas. Right. right you know, right, right. so that's the greed, the corruption, all of that stuff. They don't care much for that. I would. Yeah. I mean, that's my feelings. anyway. you know, California, you know, is supposed to be so laid back with their attitude. But Hawaii is a lot more laid back with them. It's kind of nice, you know, like, like with the whole Hawaii time thing. And that because you know it's just it's just a different it's a whole different <laughs> when when you're in Hawaii completely different and it's nice that's why that's why people fall in love with it yeah. so tell me um what have you been up to lately COVID quarantine <laughs> I, I miss going that. out I miss going out and investigating so I've been doing just a lot of the Facebook lives you know yeah. telling ghost stories trying to entertain people and trying to work on my own life as well and my kids and all that but. Um, prior to this, we were doing um, just just a lot of going out and like we always do, investigating, talking story. You know what I mean? I got friends that want to see and they want to experience, and it's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like you really want to. Then you need to go out without me because I have a rapport with a lot of the spirits of the places we go to, and I have a protection bubble. Right. It was funny. Right. Uh, a few months ago, I was out with my friend Skyler. So we went over to Paradise Park in the back of Manoa Valley. That place can be very, very dark. You know, it's it's oppressing. It can be very oppressive. I, I was it was compared to if you heard of this place before, a psychic compared that place to Bobby Mackey's in uh, oh, Kentucky. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. and we've had people possessed on the tours there. We've had people get physically, spiritually attacked, all kinds of stuff. You know. But uh, so he's like, yeah, 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 I want to see something happen. And I'm like, buddy, you ain't got, nothing's going to happen to you when you're around me. You got to go 10 feet away from me. So he, uh, 
I give him my flashlight. He walks 10 feet away from me. As soon as he gets 10 feet, the flashlight starts to dim. <laughs> and he's looking at me like, what? I'm like, go, oh, continue. The further he walked away, the more the flashlight dimmed. It didn't just turn off. It just slowly dimmed until the light went completely off. And then I'm, he's like, what the hell? And then I'm like, well, come back here. And every step he took back towards me, the light turned on and got brighter and brighter and brighter. <laughs> You know, just little little stuff like that was is enough for me. But I guess some people not gonna be happy until a disembodied hand comes out of the ether and slaps them upside the head. You know. Yeah, I don't people <laughs> like that too. I don't people exactly like that. <laughs> what do you say? Like, okay, what do you say to the recreational ghost hunter in Hawaii? I mean, if they, if, if they go with the intention of, like you say, um, trying to discover the ghosts, you know, they don't know like about the respect part of it, and whatnot. If they go out with me, they they know about the respect part. I don't take people. I don't take strangers out. Okay. If they're gonna be on a tour, if they're gonna be on a tour with me, I tell them this is uh, how it's gonna go. You may not believe in ghosts, but I'm asking that you respect my personal beliefs. You know, if you don't, no problem. I'll call an Uber. You know. <laughs> in other words, if you don't, you know, I, I don't want you here. I don't want something to happen to the people in my group because of one person wants to push the envelope. You know what I mean? To me, the, the 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 supernatural can be very scary. I mean, I got tons of stories that were it's just, you know, whew. but then I like it to be educational. I like people to experience the paranormal so that they can grow spiritually from it and become a better person. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now you do residential investigations, right? If it's requested, yeah. Usually it's like house blessings and like that kind of stuff. If someone calls me for a blessing, we don't really investigate. You know what I mean? I mean, if we're there, I already believe you. I mean, what's the best we're going to pick up on? EVP spikes, EMF spikes. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right, it's right. like, and even if we get an EVP, all it does is prove what we already know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So we don't do investigations for that, that kind of stuff. It's like, now, we have done investigations. Like, you go to a place like the Hawaii Plantation Village, which we can't, which, which they don't open up for that investigations anymore. But when we could, they have all these old objects that they bought from fairs and they bought from antique stores. They have so many ghosts over there. So many ghosts. It's mind-boggling. And so to go over there and do investigations to give them a voice and say, okay, who are you? What's your name? When did you, when is your birthday? When did you die? You know, that's the kind of investigations I, I'd like to do. Awesome. Do you guys use tr uh, trigger objects at all? What's that? Do you guys use trigger objects at all? Sometimes, yeah. We like to see, like, I don't quite so much, but, like, yeah, my friends, they like to investigate and stuff as well. And I'm cool with that. So they'll have trigger objects and they'll have that kind of stuff and the tools and, you know, I think they're cool. I like to use the spirit box, the um, the app, Obelisk. Right, 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 oh, not right. The, the app on the phone. Spirit the troops. app on the phone. The spirit, yeah. Yeah. You do that, yeah. I get really, really good like <laughs> conversations through that, you know. Interesting. Have you noticed? Because I've noticed this with my team that there's certain people on the team that can do certain things. That are more receptive to that stuff. Like there's people, better people, people that can get really good photos, people that can get better, you know, like you say, voice, 
Oh, yeah. Off those spirit boxes. oh yeah, yeah, exactly. There, there's people who have their strengths and their weaknesses, but usually, to be honest, our investigations are just us hanging out. <laughs> we'll do a little bit of investigation when we feel that the energy is coming because you've been to you've been on investigations it comes right. in waves right. you'll be there seven eight hours and for like six of them nothing will happen you know but then you feel that energy and you feel that tension in the air and you feel that tightening in your now you feel that little bit like oh something's gonna happen you know what i mean then right. you bust out the equipment and see what you can do yeah right now Tell me about this whole thing with the pork. Mm. People that have pork in the car. Oh, uh, yeah. Theaters. Yeah, pork in the car. You can't take pork over the Pali Highway. The Pali Highway connects the windward side to the leeward side. Before cars, before, during pre-contact, the Pali Highway was the smallest point on the mountain ridge, the Ko'ola mountain range. And it's where the Hawaiians would navigate going over the mountain. Instead of all the way around to the north and the south, you could actually walk over the mountain. And the legend is you don't bring pork. Um, it's been speculated a lot of different stuff, but one of the more popular ones involves Madame Pele. Madame Pele, um, and, and she had, you see, I love the Madame Pele stories, but I have a more of a, an affinity towards her counterpart, Kamapua'a, who's a half man, half, half pig. So Kamapua'a, long, long, long legend of him, but basically Pele calls him and challenges him. He comes to the big island to meet her challenge. And because he's a shapeshifter, he can take the form of the humuhumunukunukuapua'a, the pig fish, the fish with a pig nose, the trigger fish. And Pele can't touch him. You know, and so they are both evading each other and they both are fighting for days and days and days that they have respect for each other and they kind of hook up for a bit. Then they're enemies again. They don't get along, so they each go their separate ways, and they agree to disagree, and they agree to stay away. Pele claims every the dry side of the island, all of the islands. Kamapua'a claims the wet side of all of the islands, and they cannot go over into each other's side. And so the Ko'ola mountain range, you know, is the side that is like the barrier. You go over the Ko'ola mountain range into the windward side, you are into Kamapua'a's side. So you have to honor that deal. You cannot bring any form of Kamapua'a over to Pele's side, or your car will break down, or something will go wrong, or, you know, so many, so many different things. Like, usually your car breaks down. Like, your car will break down, it'll just stop working. And nothing you do will be able to fix it. Until you place the pork outside the car, and then it starts up with no problem. Uh, that's happened to me many times. You know, we like our spam down here. We spam right. Musubi as I'm driving over the island. Next thing you know, the radiator blows. It's like, ah, should have known better. The same, the same, like, I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm eating spam. Pop, the radiator blows in a perfect square. You know, I'm like, oh. Um, we've had that on the tour. People, the first tour I did by myself, we had a gentleman. Uh, him and his girlfriend came on the tour. He was in the front seat next to me. The girlfriend was right behind him. And we get out. We start doing the tour. It gets so scary. It's like, yeah, everybody wants to go back to the van. <laughs> Let's get out of here kind of thing. We get back into the van. The van won't start up. Nothing. It's just dead. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then, you know, the bushes are shaking and everything around us. We're surrounded by pitch black in the mountains. And 
people are getting scared. I call up my boss and talking to my boss. I'm like, hey, I think you got to call a taxi, bro. The, the, the van ain't starting up, man. You know, so I hear the guy and the girl talking. And the girlfriend's like, hey, honey, honey, come on side. I'll like, talk to you real fast. I'll tell you something. And I'm like, hey, nuts. They're like, go outside. What the heck? So like, all right, whatever, you know. And finally, she convinces him. So he opens the door, gets out. She goes and opens the side door. But instead of stepping out, she slams her door, slams his door, and locks him out of a car. And so he's pounding on the door. Let me in. I'm sorry. Let me in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, what the heck? And she looks at me. She's like, go. Leave him here. Just go already. Leave him over here. No worry. He gets a phone. He calls his friends. I'm like, leave him here. Cannot. The car not like start up. She's like, try. Turn the car. The engine starts up. No problem. And I'm like, what the heck? The car is working fine. The guy is frantic outside. I unlocked the door. I'm not going to leave a person back there, you know. He steps into the car. Car dies. It stutters and dies. Everybody in the van wanted to leave him there. We had 13 people in the van. Everybody wanted to leave him there. You hear one old lady in the back. Leave him over here. Leave him over here. Give him to the spirits, you know. I took him outside. I talked to him. He pulls out a can of Spam from his pocket. I'm like, what? Snack. He's like, oh, I wanted to try to pork over the poly, but, uh, you know, I never like taking him in my own car. So I make him put the Spam down. He apologizes to Pele, to the spirits. Gets back into the car. Car starts up. No problem. We continue the rest of the tour. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I believe those stories. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Um, has anybody on, like on the tours or, or anybody you know, you know, being out with you had anything really, really negative happen to them? You know, were they really, really upset? One of the ancestors. Wait, what? Did they? Did something bad happen to anybody? Yeah, I mean, not bad, but I mean, enough to really, really scare them, you know, that, that maybe they upset the ancestors in some major way. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure to think there's a lot. We've had things happen where we've had, like, bad stuff happen on tour. Not with the ghost, with the, on the ghost tours as well, but like more or less when we go out with friends, we do tours in October, that kind of thing, or we did, I don't know about this year. We've had things happen. Like we had a possession a few years ago on the tour right at the end. Um, but I'm thinking like when it comes to the ancestors, at Morgan's Corner, it's really scary. It's really dark, but the spirits there are good. For the most part, they're good. But we have a word here called Pono. Pono is right just you know do what is right do what is just um respectful that kind of thing we had a uh young tour guide on the tour when i did the wall ghost tours he didn't last very long this guy loved to make up ghost stories his job was simply to scare people so he would tell stories that never happened to scare people and he'd be detailed and his whole point was to scare the the, the you know the jesus out of people the spirits did not, not like that. I mean, night after night after night. As a trigger object one night, I played him talking on my phone. Years later, an activity picked up. The spirits got upset. Oh. You know, 
So we were there one night, and, um, you know, same place, Morgan's Corner, Judge Trail. We're standing in a little clearing, and there's trees all around us, right? And the wind is just weird, but it's strong, but it's soft. And I could feel this anger hanging in the air. And this other guy felt it, too. He was a military guy. And as the tour guide was telling the story, I'm stepping in the back, you know, to just observe. And he was like, you feel that? You feel that anger? I'm like, oh, I feel that anger, all right. And then there was something on the bottom that was really angry and tried to come up towards us. You could feel it. Um, we talked through, I don't know, this was like Ghost Radar days. Remember the Ghost Radar? Yeah. I like the Ovilus app, the random word generator feature of that. Because I would have conversations sometimes. Like I'd say, you need, to, this was this night, I said, you need to stay down there. Don't come up. Right. And it said, it said, leave us alone. Go away. And it said, thou, which is like you. Yeah. You know, you go away. And I forget the other words, but we had a whole conversation with it. It was mad. So we get everybody back in the vans after a few minutes because everybody, you know, ah, they just they're running back and forth. You know, the people are like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? You know, take pictures, take pictures, looking for ghosts. And then the other people are like, they'll listen and go back to the van when I tell them to. But then they'll get to the van and they'll be like, welcome there. I'll take pictures. So then they run out and they, you know, I just got everybody going back and forth. And it's a mess until I yell, guys, we're leaving in 30 seconds. Anybody here will catch a cab. I get into the, I get everybody into the van. So does the other guy. He walks up to me before we leave, and he's like, "The wind is just loud. It's blowing the trees. The trees are going back and forth. We're not talking palm trees. We're talking right. hardwood trees going back and forth. You can hear the creaking. These things fall down. That's damage." Right. Um, he comes up to me. He has a coconut. Random coconut or what? Like, you just get one random coconut? He's like, oh, oh, no worry, no worry. I get him, I get him. So I'm thinking he's going to leave it as an offering. Mm-hmm. So he's going to put the coconut down as an offering to the spirits or an apology, right? No. He instead grabs the coconut, standing right next to me, starts to gently place it down on the ground, and then at the top of his lungs starts screaming, for these things to go away as he's bashing the coconut into the ground, bashing it into the rocks, bashing it in. And I'm just like, my heart, you know, I do not expect to not expect that. The wind gets louder and louder and louder. And then the coconut starts breaking. So he starts throwing the pieces of the coconut at the tree in front of us that's creaking and making all these noises. He's throwing it, yelling in Hawaiian, go away, go away, you know, hoi. Hoi, you know, all of that stuff, just yelling for the spirits to go away. And it's like, at first I'm like, bro, you know, walk into their house and tell them to go away. We don't want them to leave. He hits something. And the wind stops. Dead silence. I'm like, like everything stopped. The noise, the wind, everything stopped. And he looked at me. He's like, oh, minya, let's scare him away. I'm like, bro, you never scare him away. You just make things worse. The kind of silence it was, was like a shock silence. Like, what did he just do to us? And then the wind came back worse than I've ever experienced at that site. And we decided it's time to go before the trees fall on us. Yeah. You know, um, 
went back there later with the psychic. He hit. There was a whole. There, there's a Hawaiian village there of spirits. He, that that tour guide, that young tour guide, when he threw the coconut, hit a child. And once he hit the child, oh, they were mad at him. <laughs> you know, so yeah, that was the whole thing over there. So we went back and we made peace and all of that kind of stuff. And it was good. It was it, it was an interesting experience, that's for sure. I bet it sounds like it. I have a question from the chat room. Have you ever seen anything in the ocean? Have I ever seen anything in the ocean? Like or on swimming? the ocean or <clears throat> just in or on or there was um yeah, actually, there was uh, a bunch of times. We went out to uh, Makapu'u on the South Shore a long time ago, before I did the ghost tours and all that. So we went camping, you know, like probably at 20, 21, party, party, party all night, right? My friend thought it would be cool. He used to work, he worked for a harbor, military base. So he borrows the military-grade um, night vision goggles. And so we looking around. I'm just looking around, and I'm like, "Oh, you can see the mountains, brah. How's that? You know, I had the moon out a little bit, but Makapuu is tide pools. So you go out about 50, 60 yards, and there's little rocks that go out there. And so I'm looking around just with my naked eye, you know, nice, beautiful night, right? Then I put on the, the night vision goggles. All the way out on the furthest rock, I see a fisherman. I'm like, "Oh, I never see him." I'm watching this guy casting his fishing pole, you know, just moving a little bit like a person. Uh-huh. Take off the goggles and I look, nobody there. Me and my friends, we all take turns doing that. We can see him in the night vision goggles, but we cannot see him there. The moon was out. You could see everything. I even went so far as to walk over to that rock and there was nobody there. You know, there was that... There's been a lot of things that happen in the sea. Um, a lot of the times we have something called uh, the mo'o, which is the first story I told about the calling spirit. Mo'o are lizard spirits that like to dwell in the water. <clears throat> we have a lot of stories that I've heard, personal encounters and experiences of, like you fish in the middle of the night and something grabs your hook and you start reeling to get in. And what do you see? You see that you just caught a beautiful woman or, or a man. And they're just laughing at you. They're in the water. They're laughing at you. Then they dive down and they disappear. You know. Interesting. That's absolutely fascinating. So I got the wrong ghost here. I want to go to Hawaii and hunt ghosts. <laughs> Hunting ancestors. You know, um, there's thousands of legends. I know that. You know, is there any one that sticks that that sticks out most in your mind? <clears throat> Legend legends. Are ghostly legends of the islands that really sticks out in your mind? Oh, yeah. My favorite one of all time was, was I read in that book, The Obake Files. Um, mm-hmm. It was about this uh, kupua, this shapeshifter demigod. Then his, he went by the name of Kaupe. Uh, Kaupe, this is more of a... He's, he, I actually researched and found this legend in ancient, in like old Hawaiian books, you know, that was passed down. He was a cannibal. Cannibals were not accepted in Hawaii, but he was still a cannibal. And he terrorized the island, the whole island, going from village to village eating people. But as a kupua, he was a shapeshifter that possessed supernatural abilities. He'd change into a dog. Sometimes, not unsimilar to Kamapua'a, he would be half and half. 
he'd be this, he'd be a man with a dog's head. Um, I was always intrigued by this story. I loved some of the stories that were out and uh, that uh, were published about him, and I had many of my own encounters with him personally. You know, so these are one of the things I really loved. He was a uh, He's terrifying. He's, he's a terrifying shadow that's described to be over seven feet tall, darker than the pitch black, body of a man, head of a dog. You know, and this thing will chase you. And you can feel it breathing on the back of your neck. And you can feel the warm saliva and the drool going down your spine kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago, you know, with COVID, you lose track of time. Everything's like one big day. Um, you mentioned when the Hawaiian, the, the, like, the, like, like the spirits, when they leave the body, another spirit comes in to that body. Or, or not, not the body, but, but the ghostly body. Hmm. Where, where, yeah, how's that? I believe that's a possibility. I, I meet the most interesting people, as I'm sure you could tell <laughs> you do too, right? <laughs> you know, in this field, um, as long as you're open-minded and you're respectful, you just, there's so much you learn. This was my friend, Doug. I met him doing, he did the ghost tours. That's how I met him. And uh, I ended up just, he ended up coming down here every year doing the ghost tours. And we'd hang out after the ghost tours. And he, uh, he, he died, he went to heaven, and he came back. What he calls the mind block, the memory block. He says when we're born, a block is put into place so we don't remember anything before. You know, as a spirit, before you were born, before I was born into the body called Joe, I was a spirit. But... I'm not supposed to remember that because uh -huh. I have to do things in this life. And if I remember that, I would just distract the kind of thing. So we talk a lot about that, you know, and, um, and I asked him one day, it's like, huh, so do spirits die? You know, do ghosts die? Cause I remember hearing, and I remember, you know, like there's all these haunted castles from the 1400s and, you know, in the Europe and stuff. And now they're not said to be haunted anymore, you know? People say they're not haunted. And so it's like I heard it discussed that maybe a ghost lifespan is only a few hundred years. Doug told me something that was interesting. He, um, his wife is uh, on the other side. So he uses a little pendulum for communication. And he's also a medium. So she gives him all the answers that's allowed. Um, and he says that, yeah, spirits die, but you don't notice it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, okay, for example, let's take Madame Pele. Madame Pele may only live for a few hundred years, but she's been alive for thousands. What happens is when the spirit, when Madame Pele dies, when her spirit gets old, she takes off her mantle. I imagine it like a big fur coat or a big coat. And in that coat is all of the mana, all of the memories, everything that essentially is Madame Pele. So she takes it off puts it to the side, and crosses over. Another spirit comes up, takes it, puts it back on, now has all the memories, now has all the experiences, and becomes Madame Pele. So to us, it never, she never died. He never, he never skipped a beat. You know what I mean? Kind right, of a right, thing. right. Very interesting. So tell everybody about your show you do every week. Oh, I just tell ghost stories. I'm running out of stories to tell, but coming up October... Oh. Um, it started in October, two years ago. I did an hour of Facebook Lives every night for the month of October. Mm -hmm. 
um, telling ghost stories, going out, doing investigations, you know, just going to the site and telling ghost stories kind of thing. Because, I mean, I'll do investigations, but nobody wants to sit around and watch their phone for six hours in case something happened. You know what I mean? So usually I'll do the spirit box or I haven't done that in a while. And that's what we do. We just sit down and we go we go out to places or we just tell stories, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'll be doing that again in October, I think. It's a lot of work, though. It's like an hour a night. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on, Joe. I appreciate it. It was fun. And I, I watch you every weekend. I All right. Hear the stories, and thank you for sharing those stories with, with, with my people. And of course, I really my pleasure. appreciate it. All right, you have yeah. a good one. Okay. You too. Thanks for having me on. All right, Joe. Aloha. Aloha. Okay, guys. So um, that was Joe. That was Joe, and uh, it was interesting. You know, I've always been uh, interested in the legends there, and I, I can compare some of those legends to what goes on here. Like I. I talked about the, the uh, night marchers that we have along the river here in Sacramento, which I didn't know about until we did our investigation at Evangeline's uh, you know, with Channel 10, and there was a Quilandera there who told me about these night marchers, and I just thought that was so fascinating after having been in Hawaii. Anyway, thank you guys for coming tonight. Uh, you can check out our website at www.californiahaunts.org, and I really appreciate you guys coming. And uh, I'll be on Saturday with actually Sunday with Ask the Ghost Hunter at 6.30 p.m. And I'm going to pull some stuff from the California Haunts case files. And I might talk about a couple of residentials that, that we've done that have been very, very interesting. So come on over and join us on Saturday, and I will see you then.